It is time for us to begin our midday program here on this Monday, our first midday of February. That's one's that's hard to believe too. But Scott Foster in here with you, along with Susan Littlefield and Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, and the gang's all here on this Battleship Gray Monday. And uh, we start things off with Susan, who's just uh, down the road from us, but uh, isn't in here. But you're very close. You're much closer than you normally are, Susan. I am. I'm very close. I'll be there later this afternoon okay. and all day tomorrow. So. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. So what do you got going on? You're in uh, Gothenburg right now, right? I am. I'm in Gothenburg right now. An opportunity. I'm actually at the Water Utilization Learning Center where they've been holding, um, talking about ARC and PLC and all the things that involve around that. But coming up at 1219, the National Corn Growers Association President, Kevin Ross, is here at the meeting. So he and I talk at a look back. Y'all remember the 2019 corn syrup commercial that caused a lot in agriculture. We'll talk about where we've come from that and how they continue to move forward. Then at 1245, we'll meet the new Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2020. And then wrapping it up at 117, it's Morgan Norris, who chairs the American Farm Bureau Federation's Young Farmers and Ranchers. So a crazy start to the February from the farm team. All right. Very good. Busy as always. Thank you so much, Susan. We'll see you in a bit. All right, see you in a bit. Well, uh, Jason, the Kansas City Chiefs finally were able to get the win. And uh, I don't know, San Francisco went a little conservative there at the end to try to hold on to the win. And that's their game plan. Kansas City was up to the task. If Kansas City doesn't complete the big pass on oh. third and 15, I don't know if they win. No, I agree Because the, the tenor of that game had changed mm-hmm. and San Francisco had control of it. Or if San Francisco could have done anything with the ball when they had it up 10 in right. the third quarter. but. Give credit to the Chiefs. Not often will a team end up winning it all, coming back from double digits in three straight playoff games. And Patrick Mahomes, he's the best thing since sliced bread. So. <laughs> he, he, he was really, really good. Uh, he was rattled for a while. He was. The, uh, he was. He, he stepped it up when he had to. Of course, a, a signature win for Coach Andy Reid. Before last night, you could say he probably was the best coach never to have won mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. He now has that off of his back. We'll get his thoughts about that. Also over the weekend, big news for UNK football. It was announced that head coach Josh Lynn and his coaching staff have received a four-year contract extension through 2022. Of course, those guys have done some wonderful work there in Kearney the last three years. And coming up, we'll get Coach Lynn's thoughts on this new contract extension and what it means for the program going forward. Well, that's a big get. That's a big keep for them. I should they say. Uh, have a lot of momentum. Of course, coming up the great season with the bowl victory. Uh, signing day is coming up on Wednesday. They feel very, very good about this recruiting class. So, mm-hmm. Lover football looks good going forward. Headed in the right direction. All right. Very good. Thank you. We turn it over to Bob Brogan. Looks like stocks rallying today. Tech companies have led the U.S. stocks higher in early trading. Also, uh, spending on U.S. construction projects edged down a slight two-tenths percent in December, closing out a year when total construction registered its first annual decline in eight years. U.S. factories expanded unexpectedly last month, snapping a five-month losing streak. And a survey of the Midwest suggests the economy is growing in nine Midwest and Plains states. And so we'll find out more about that. Ernie Goss and his team at uh, Creighton University regularly surveys the economy and gives us the results. All right. Very good. Well, that's all coming up on Midwest.
The opiate crisis is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum, sponsored by Ag West Commodities, your marketing partner. Join us Tuesday, February 4th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain Time on 880 KRVN. We'll talk with Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson, Professor Tina Chasek, clinician Patrick Hall, and others to learn more about the history of this epidemic, why they're so addictive, what communities and states are doing to respond to this issue, and more. The opiate crisis on the next Rural Radio Forum. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. We've got Paul Perkins in here with us on a gray Monday as temperatures uh, about uh, 45, 50 degrees different than yesterday. Isn't that, isn't that just just nuts? Yes, yeah, a big difference. Uh, yesterday, we state high in Nebraska was Ogallala with state high of 81 degrees, the 2nd of February. And they had 82 in southwest Kansas at Elkhart, Kansas, for one of the warmer readings. And a lot of us uh, saw highs well into the 60s, some low 70s. But, yeah, uh, low 80s for our state highs in Nebraska and Kansas yesterday. Just an unbelievable day. Uh, one that seems to be a distant memory right now. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I mean, I remember walking. We went for a little walk around the lake, and I'm going, what is I'm, I'm sweating. Yeah. It's February. What am I doing? I don't no, have a Jack coat on. I know. And so. yesterday's weather, in stark contrast from what we had four years ago on Groundhog's Day when we had the Groundhog's Day blizzard. Oh, and, yeah. And a lot of us with about 9 to 10 inches of snow that day and a lot of wind with that That's system. That's right. It really socked in. A lot of people and clogged up the roads quite a bit. And nothing like that on our horizon for right now. Temperatures right now mostly in the low 30s, especially if you're long in southeast of a line from Norfolk to Albion to about the North Platte area and McCook on into northern Kansas. Then we have some upper 20s in west central areas of Nebraska and northwest Kansas and some low and mid-20s in the Nebraska Panhandle. Ogallala, we told you about their state high yesterday of 81. Their current temperature now is 28 degrees in just uh, less than 24 hours. A little bit of light precipitation trying to get started in the southwest Nebraska Panhandle and also the northern portions of the Panhandle. Probably a little bit of light snow with those temperatures in the low 20s. We do have some partially covered roads right now in much of the Panhandle. Otherwise, some partially covered roads in western areas of Kansas towards Hoxie, Kansas. But otherwise, generally some wet conditions to occasionally slick conditions over northern Kansas and extreme southern Nebraska. Right now, the latest roads report from the Nebraska Department of Roads showing all of the roads in excellent condition in Nebraska. Just those partially covered roads in the northern portion of the Panhandle and the southwest corner. But once again, temperatures mostly in the low 30s across the area. Snow chances will increase from northwest to southeast this afternoon through tomorrow. An area of low pressure will track from the Rockies into southern Texas with those snow chances. Expected accumulations with this system right around 1 to 3 inches in western Nebraska northwest Kansas and northeast Colorado and inch or less elsewhere. Since the system is coming out of the northwest, it doesn't have an ability to tap into any Gulf moisture and add to our snow totals, so mainly light accumulations, but there is a winter weather advisory that goes into effect this afternoon and basically runs through the early part of tomorrow for western Nebraska on into northwest Kansas and northeast Colorado, or basically for areas along the west of the line in Nebraska from western Cherry County to Ogallala and Imperial in that northwest corner of Kansas, basically from Norton to Hill City and points to the west, and then also into northeast Colorado. 
Snow expected to be about one to three inches in those that winter weather advisory area, just to the east of it, though, less an inch or less of accumulation. The snow chances will linger in the eastern areas for the Wednesday, while western and central areas will gradually see some decrease in cloud cover. High pressure builds in from the north. Our temperatures today through Wednesday as much as 10 to 15 degrees colder than normal, as opposed to. Highs yesterday that were about 25 to 30 degrees above normal. A warming trend to seasonal temperatures does get underway for Thursday and last into the weekend when the southerly flow develops as we get on the backside of high pressure sliding east. Now Thursday through the weekend will be mainly dry. Just have to get through this one system that we'll be moving through for later today into tomorrow. But otherwise, late Sunday into early next week, we could see some snow or rain chances with a disturbance in temperatures, though, remaining on the warmer side for at least the first part of next week. Because in our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures expected to be seasonal or near normal this weekend and the very early part of next week. But by the middle of next week through February 16th, looking at a forecast of slightly colder than normal temperatures, that coldest there, though, towards Wyoming and Montana, Above normal precipitation is forecast this weekend through the 16th of this month for Nebraska and Kansas. That better chance of precipitation likely to be across Kansas. Key weather factors in the markets include a wetter forecast for much of the Midwest 10 days from now. In varying conditions in South America, in advance of a slow-moving storm, record-setting warmth will prevail across the next few days across the south, east, and lower Midwest. Much colder air trailing that storm into the western and central U.S. and the southern and eastern Midwest. Periods of rain later this week will maintain very wet conditions. The southern plains will be colder this weekend, but with no harsh cold threat to winter wheat or livestock. Precipitation in southern areas of the southern plains, wheat belt, will maintain favorable soil moisture. Brazil will have some potential weather issues this next week. In the southern portion of Brazil, very warm to hot and dry temperatures will dry out the soils and increase the crop stress. But northern Brazil may have periods of rain that delays soybean harvest. In Argentina, crop areas... Very hot and dry weather occurred this past weekend. The heat surge increased the stress to reproductive to filling corn and soybeans and diminished soil moisture for planting second crop soybeans. Cooler weather with periods of rain is forecast the last half of the week. Rain coverage, though, is likely to focus in the northern Argentina crop areas with only light activity towards the south. All right. Very good. Well, uh, we're probably going to see a little... Little bit of snow, but it doesn't sound like it's going to amount to much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, winter weather advisory for western areas one to three inches of snow, but an inch or less as you go into the central and eastern areas of Nebraska and Kansas. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Paul. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. If you had a chance, of course, the Super Bowl yesterday and many folks talking about the ads, looking at what we maybe learned from 2019. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. President of the National Corn Growers Association spending some time in Nebraska for the day as Kevin Ross joins us. You wrote an amazing article that really gave a good perspective of what we learned from 2019 and how we turn that into a positive. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces, uh, you know, about last year that uh, I think a few of us might like to forget. But uh, at the same time, um, you know, took a lot of positives from that discussion and and uh, really, you know, thinking about how we can engage consumers better and and uh, with some of our partners that uh, uh, that we've gained and some that we hope to gain in the future. And so I think. Um, 
uh, as we kind of took a step back and looked at that and, and tried to figure out, you know, what do we need to, to, to do to be in the conversation about uh, about food and about uh, uh, about our consumers and customers? Um, you know, how do we better engage that and how do we, you know, offer up the, uh, you know, the, the resources we have at NCGA to, to help move that needle and help talk to those folks? Well, when you look at the Super Bowl, the average, and this is the average, consumes 10,000 calories during the Super Bowl. <laughs> they couldn't consume those calories without corn. That's exactly right. You know, so last night uh, I decided uh, to put out a different different type of tweet than we did last year, and um, and it was uh, something I woke up yesterday morning just thinking about was uh, about everything that was probably going to be on my menu for the Super Bowl uh, eats. Uh, you know, it was all going to have corn in it, and it wasn't like I was planning that now by the end of the day obviously i'd added a few items to that to to uh to think about it but um but when i woke up in the morning i was thinking you know everything that we're going to have on our our uh uh, spread there is going to be going to have corn in it anyway so why not uh you know shoot something out there about it and and uh as i thought about it you know the consumer the general consumer is going to have the exact same uh thing at their super bowl party everywhere across the u.s or pretty darn close to it and so you can't have the super bowl or or a party just about any party without uh, having corn products there you talked about those takeaways, though, from 2019, and as you look at maybe the relationships that you were able to build after last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, so um, we're we're going to continue to to you know to work on these relationships and hopefully build more as we uh, you know as we grow and as we uh, talk to consumers. But certainly the the relationship we've built with Miller Coors um, since then has been a really uh, really fascinating one. Um, had the chance to speak at their conference last year, as well as um, and them, you know, delivering us the, the the beer with Pete Coors out there in in Denver, and uh, you know, you just don't get uh, you know the, the opportunities to tie into a a brand like theirs, uh, and really uh, for them, you know given them the opportunity uh, to have that discussion with the farmer. And I think they've found a lot of value in that as well. And, uh, you know, we're hopeful that uh, that other food companies will, will certainly follow suit. And I think we're, we're going to start seeing that. I know uh, we've, we've engaged them in different ways when it comes to um, the sustainability aspect, but um, hopefully that'll bring us into the whole food discussion a little bit more. I think that's the basics of it is just getting that conversation started. It certainly is, and and uh, you know this last year was one way to do that. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can find other ways to, to engage in that conversation and and, uh, and and touch the consumer that's out there. We've spent uh, you know a lot of time and energy on it in the past to, to do different uh, different things to do that. But um, you know, amazing how one one segment or one uh, event can change your whole uh, idea of, of what what you can do in those areas to you know to to achieve results. I had one producer say that last year was a good reality check and how they needed to kind of regroup and, and tackle in a different way. Yeah, uh, I think that's exactly right. I think um, we, you know, we, we often uh, think about what we, what, we, uh, what we perceive as the best way to engage, and sometimes we just don't know that. Joining me today in Gothenburg is Kevin Ross. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I'm pressed to take a quick look at sports and see what's going on. And, of course, it is the day after Super Bowl Sunday. And so lots to talk about from Kansas City and uh, the Chiefs getting the trophy back home. Finally got it done. Only took 50 years. They won it last night in come-from-behind fashion, knocking off San Francisco 31-20. to And head coach Andy Reid was asked if this win cements his own legacy in the NFL. I don't care about that. I mean, I really don't. This is a pure team sport. I love that part of it. I mean, that's why I got in it. I didn't get in it, you know, for any other reason other than to win games. And and so 
Uh, we bust our tail to do that as coaches and players. That's the part that I think needs the respect. The other stuff, you take care of that, everything else happens, and um, that's not really where my mind, my mind goes. Before yesterday, Reed had the most wins in NFL history without a championship. Is that right? Seems like a good guy. So yep. Good for him. Yep. Yep. And Finally able to get that huge monkey off of his back. Right. And it is a team sport, but it helps to have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Men's top 25 college basketball poll is out. Baylor remains at number one. Gonzaga is number two. KU, who's 18-3, they're ranked third. And undefeated San Diego State continues to hang in there. 23-0, and they're ranked fourth. They f- just finally retired Kawhi Leonard's jersey there. Huh. They had never done that until just recently. Good to know. Yeah. Nebraska played arguably its best first half of the season, take a 15-point halftime lead, but then they fell apart, scoring a season-low 19 in the second half, allowing Ohio State to come back, catch them, forced overtime. The Buckeyes won it 80-74, to and head coach Amy Williams says this one hurts. Just such a tough, disappointing loss at home. I, um, very difficult. Probably one of the best halves of basketball that this team has played, and then one of the worst halves of basketball that this team has played. And, and um, we know that that's not good enough to win in the Big Ten. The Huskers are now 5-6 and six in conference play. And UNK head football coach Josh Lynn has agreed to a new four-year contract extension to remain as a head coach with the Lopers through 2022. Lynn, of course, just guided the Lopers to a 7-5 and season that included a victory in the Mineral Water Bowl back in December. He says getting this type of deal is a real plus for the program. Yeah, you know, in the, in the coaching world, especially the college coaching world, it's, uh, it's sometimes stability is, is a question mark, uh, you know, in continuity at a lot of different programs. So, you know, to get an ex- extension and, you know, and to be in a good place, it sure is exciting for, you know, for coaches not only myself, but my staff, and uh, you know, we get the opportunity to continue to coach the kids we've, we've recruited since uh, from high school, and uh, you know, that's always a good thing. This is a big deal. It is. Lane and his coaching staff took over a program that had won just one game in the previous two years before his arrival in Kearney. UNK is looking to sign a very promising recruiting class on Wednesday. So, a great job by the UNK staff of finding him too. I mean, this this wasn't a well-known name no. and he's done a great job. I mean, he's done a great job. It looks like he'll be in Carney for a while. That is a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. All right, thank you, Jason. The Nebraska State Patrol has canceled an endangered missing advisory in two separate missing person cases. The Nebraska State Patrol said the EMA activated to determine the whereabouts of 92-year-old Fred Dezingle of rural Elba in central Nebraska was lifted due to finding him deceased. He went missing around 5.15 p.m. on Thursday. He was driving a maroon 2007 Ford Taurus. Authorities said Dezingle had Alzheimer's and was last seen near the intersection of Highway 22 and Highway 70, asking for directions. The Nebraska State Patrol has also canceled the endangered missing advisory issued for 68-year-old Jennifer K. Baker of Auburn, Nebraska. According to the Nebraska State Patrol, Baker was located deceased. The Nebaha County Sheriff's Office said Baker was last seen at her home around 8 a.m. on Saturday in Auburn, NCSO said Baker suffered from a heart condition and dementia. Authorities say Baker was on her way to a relative's home around five miles west of Auburn on Highway 136, but did not arrive. 
For more information, visit the Nebraska State Patrol website. A survey report suggests the economy continues to grow in nine Midwest and Plains states. The Mid-America Business Conditions Index jumped to 57.2 in January from 50.6 in December. The survey was conducted before much of the bad news was reported about the coronavirus outbreak that originated in China. Creighton University economist Ernie Goss oversees the survey, and he says the outbreak could harm the regional economy in the weeks ahead. The survey covers Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, and Oklahoma. Survey organizers say any index score above 50 suggests growth. A score below that suggests decline. The World Health Organization declared the outbreak connected to a new virus in China that has spread to more than a dozen countries as a global emergency last Thursday after the number of cases spiked more than tenfold in a week. State epidemiologist Dr. Tom Safranik with the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services says the virus poses a significant threat. What we do recommend is the practice of good infection control. There's no vaccine against the coronavirus. There's no medication or pharmaceutical. In contrast to, say, influenza, where we have something like Tamiflu. We don't have any drug that can treat this, and we don't have any vaccine. Dr. Safranek also says the risk of some in the United States coming down with the coronavirus is low, especially in Nebraska. But Associated Press reports indicate that the United States has confirmed its first cases of person-to-person spread of the virus. The World Health Organization officials are citing the risks of the virus spreading to countries with weaker health systems. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Rebel Seclocha here reporting for the Rural Radio Network. I'm visiting with Jolie Walworth, the newly crowned Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2020. Jolie, you've certainly hit the ground running this year. Why don't you tell us about some of your travels this January? I sure have started off the year with a bang. I was officially crowned on January 4th in Ord, Nebraska. Uh, We had a great turnout and great weather for it. I was so, so appreciative of everyone that came and um, really, really did an awesome job to kick off the year with a great celebration. After that, uh, not even a week after, I headed out to Denver to the Winston Market, uh, and there we visited with some sponsors, new and old. Uh, it was great to catch up with some of my state queens as well um, there at the market. And after market was over, I got to head back home just for a short time, and then I was back on the road uh, to Steamboat, Colorado, where they have the Cowboy Downhill. And the Cowboy Downhill, if you're not familiar, is a race of the PRCA Cowboys that are entered into the Denver Stock Show and Rodeo and you actually you can snowboard or ski and you go over this giant jump and it's it's a crazy fun time uh, but really got to meet a bunch of really awesome people while I was up there. I'm not the best snowboarder uh, but you know what I made it down. I had a great time and then we went on to Denver for a few days of rodeo after that and I'm back home now and preparing and packing to go up to Rapid City, South Dakota for Rodeo Rapid City. Miss Rodeo Nebraska has the unique opportunity to travel both across the state of Nebraska and, of course, across the country. Where are some places you hope to go this year? So actually, in just a few short weeks, I will be off to 
Florida to the Silver Spurs Rodeo. And, you know, that's going to be really nice because my feet are going to be in the snow when I take off from here in Nebraska and in the sand later that day. So I am super excited. Um, we also have the awesome opportunity as State Queens this year uh, to go to a lot of the legendary rodeos across the country, like Cheyenne Frontier Days. We'll get to do a flyby there and the historic arena and everything that's happened there, as well as Pendleton, Oregon, I'm hoping to go to. Um, and I'm super, super excited just to stay in the state of Nebraska as well and go back to some of my rodeos that I visited as, you know, local royalty or have been entered in as junior rodeos or high school rodeoed in that arena. Uh, to come back and kind of have that full circle moment uh, in my home state. What are some goals you have for your year as Miss Rodeo Nebraska? Well, as Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2020, my slogan and, and that I've always kind of tried to live by, um, but I'm really taking in with me this year is be true and be you. So I really just want to be um, completely genuine and absolutely unique and encourage others to do the same for themselves um, while trying to achieve their goals just to always be themselves because you know what like everyone says everyone else is already taken uh, for those unfamiliar talk about the differences between a conventional pageant and a rodeo queen pageant uh, so conventional pageant um, compared to rodeo queen pageants we actually have uh, an event that's pretty unique to us we have horsemanship because as rodeo queens you're traveling around to all these different rodeos and you're going to be riding um whether it's your own horse or you might be provided with a stock contractor's horse uh so your skills need to be tested in horsemanship uh so you will be either given a draw horse or you'll ride your own to set a pattern and the judges will judge you on how you ride and as well as your knowledge of horsemanship your knowledge of rodeo um, that's where we differ a little bit there because we do have to represent the sport of rodeo and ultimately we are cowgirls that's what we are we uh, belong to the sport of rodeo we belong to the agricultural industry so it's important that we're able to uh, ride horses and be able to uh, take control of horses in the arena um, no matter which ones we're given if they're ours or not if they're a little naughty or even if they're a great horse uh, we need to have a great run on them in the arena so the rodeo can run smoothly. So the Miss Rodeo Nebraska Association is hosting a clinic for young women interested in competing in rodeo queen pageants. Tell us a little bit about the clinic and what participants will get out of the experience. So the Miss Rodeo Nebraska Clinic is an annual clinic, an event that takes place uh, to help young girls kind of get their uh, get their feet wet. The event teaches all sorts of things that are rodeo queening, whether it's horsemanship, knowledge, tests, speech, modeling, uh, interviewing. There's a great panel of judges that come out every year. They give awesome feedback. We also do uh, photogenics and how to even apply to um, get your application to a pageant. So that way, girls are really prepared for this summer run that's about to take place uh, when all the pageants really are kind of happening. So we have this clinic to really prepare them, to maybe introduce them if they haven't done a pageant before. This is a really, really great way to start. We have clinicians that are very, very experienced, um, that have been either past Miss Rodeo Nebraska's, past Miss Teen Rodeo Nebraska's, or have been very involved in the rodeo queen industry. Um, so a lot of really, really uh, great people coming out to help these younger girls uh, that want to get involved and want to have a future in the rodeo queen industry in the state of Nebraska. And I could personally say that I um, participated in the clinic many, many times, and each time I went, I got something new out of it. And I can say that it really did help me to grow, uh, not just in a rodeo queen capacity, but also personally. Jolie, thank you so much for visiting with us. The Miss Rodeo Nebraska Clinic will be held March 28th and 29th in North Platte. 
Those interested can RSVP or obtain more information by calling Kathy Ewing at 308-530-0590. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at our business report here on Midday on KRVN. It's 12.53. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here today. Markets have rebounded after a couple really, really poor days towards the end of the week last week with concerns of the coronavirus. Uh, things starting to uh, rebound a little bit in the overnights, and the Japanese Nikkei was still down 230. However, Hong Kong's Hang Seng uh, uh, was recovering a little bit, up 44 points. The FTSE in London was up 40, and the German DAX index was up 63. Here in the United States, the 10-year yield uh, was up, actually, for the first time in a little while, up about a quarter of a percent. Here in uh, the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 159 points at this time. The NASDAQ up 114 and the Standard & Poor is up 26. Here's Bob Brogan with more. Well, tech- technology companies are uh, leading U.S. stocks higher today as global markets mostly calmed down following a sharp sell-off last week over worries about the spreading virus outbreak that began in China. China's main stock index tumbled in its first day of trading after an extended Lunar New Year holiday break bottled up much of the pressure that had already been released in other markets. Spending on U.S. construction projects uh, edged down a little bit, about two-tenths of a percent in December, closing out a year when total construction registered its first annual decline in eight years. The Commerce Department says the December decline was the first monthly drop since a nine-tenth percent fall in June. For the year, construction spending fell three-tenths of a percent. U.S. factories expanded unexpectedly last month. Snapping a five-month losing streak, the Institute for Supply Management and Association of Purchasing Managers says its manufacturing index rose to 50.9 in January from 47.8 in December. Anything, Anything above 50 signals expansion. A consortium of buyers, including mall owners Simon Property Group, Brookfield Property Partners, are bidding $81 million for Forever 21, which filed for bankruptcy protection in September. Simon and Brookfield are Forever 21's biggest landlords. The other bidder is Authentic Brands Group, which has acquired the licensing licensing rights to other troubled retailers like Barney's New York. A survey report suggests the economy continues to grow in nine Midwest and Plains states. The Mid-America Business Conditions Index jumped to 57.2 in January from 50.6 in December. The survey was conducted before much of the bad news was reported about the coronavirus outbreak that originated in China. Creighton University economist Ernie Goss oversees the survey, and he says the outbreak could harm the regional economy in the weeks ahead. That survey covers a number of states, including Nebraska. Survey organizers say any score above 50 suggests growth, and a score below that suggests decline. And that's kind of what's going on in the world of business today as we are watching it. All right, very good. Thank you, Bob. Covering ag-
agriculture is a big commitment. When KRVN takes you on the road for agriculture, you might hear us reporting across town, across the country, or across the ocean. We thank our equally committed on-the-road sponsors. The Nebraska Corn Board. Nebraska Land National Bank. And the Nebraska Soybean Board, powering our ag news travel aboard the KRVN Soy Biodiesel Pickup. On the road for agriculture. Because it's a big story. Royce Duske reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and today we're with Morgan Norris, who is the chair of the American Farm Bureau Federation Young Farmers and Rancher Committee. We have the chance to visit with her here at the Nebraska Young Farmers and Ranchers uh, Convention happening in Kearney over the weekend. So, Morgan, first tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in agriculture. Yeah, thanks, Bryce. I'm glad to be here. It's good to be here in Nebraska. I'm originally from Florida, from Central Florida. Got involved in agriculture, kind of a unique story. It was middle school that all of my friends were in the FFA, and I said, I want to join. I want to be a part of the FFA. My mom had one caveat. She said, you can join, but I'm not a pig mom, so we're not having animals. And so I did everything else except animals until I'll say my senior year of high school said, look, I can drive, I can take care of it myself. And I raised a pig and Isabella um, went on to be grand champion hog of the county fair. So um, kind of unique, but early on FFA kind of built my love for agriculture. And I said, I really want to do something in the ag industry as a career and so I studied ag communications and said I want to be the voice for agriculture and so it's kind of interesting now I am you know I'm the chair of the Young Farmers and Ranchers and Farm Bureau is the voice of agriculture and I can do that by using kind of the skills that I've learned and really promote the ag industry. So tell us about what it looks like to be the chair. Very good so the Young Farmers and Ranchers are 18 to 35 year olds within Farm Bureau and our American Young Farmer and Rancher Committee has 16 of appointments from across the country that really represent those YFNRs or young farmers and ranchers. The chair is an incredible elected position within our uh, committee and you're really kind of the face of young farmers and ranchers and the voice to really help advocate for what our um, farmers and ranchers and agriculturalists are facing across the country. Talk about why you think it's important for young farmers and ranchers to come together and have this committee within the Farm Bureau. So, you know, the, the future of agriculture is bright because when we look at these young farmers and ranchers, but I think it's really important when we're looking at, you know, people are three and four generations removed from the family farm. We really need to get back involved in agriculture and young farmers and ranchers are where it starts. You know, the... Um, What's the average age of the farmer is continuing to rise, and so young agriculturalists are the way to make that change. And so I think it's important to get involved, and in, you know, making a difference in ag advocacy and ag policy and legislation that's really going to um, affect us down the road and our future generations. And being involved in Farm Bureau is the way to make that change. Well, we're standing here in Kearney, Nebraska, again at the Nebraska Young Farmers and Ranchers Convention uh, around this part of the state. It's corn, cattle, uh, some soybeans as well. Talk about the difference you've seen in agriculture just geographically as you're standing here in Nebraska compared to where you're from in Florida. Very different. So, um, you know, when I left on uh, this week, I left palm trees and <laughs> the beaches. Originally, I'm from central Florida, like I said, and so citrus and cattle is what we see. So maybe the cows are the same. They look a little different. We've got a lot of Brahma um, bulls back home and those big humps, but, you know, you know, that, but it's 
incredible. That's one of the best benefits, I'd say, is being chair. It's being able to travel around the country and see agriculture is different, but we're all the same. You know, we're facing a lot of the same issues, and how can we work together to make a difference? So it's been fun, though, to see the variety. Those comments from Morgan Norris, who serves as the chair of the American Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Committee. She was in Kearney over the weekend visiting the Nebraska Young Farmers and Ranchers Convention. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Patton on the Rural Radio Network as we talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, taking a look here at the close, wheat really making a comeback, soybeans being our strong ones on the day as well. So a little bit of reversal. Is this just short covering? Yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough for the market to really break here on uh, on the account of it, the global prices are really high, and we really haven't seen any correction when it comes to um, you know the port prices. The basis has strengthened at the ports in the last week as the prices dropped on the board and you've seen Argentina now kind of spread out with some gains above the U.S. Um, Brazil doesn't even have a bid, an offer right now for the next four months, so we're it. And I just think, you know, between um, kind of the still under, underlying expectation that yield could, could get adjusted and you know, we're going to get new demand updates in the WASDE report out, I think it's a week from tomorrow, the 11th, maybe Thursday. Um, and that, you know, the question is, what, what can that drive as far as spec funds out of this thing? And in my opinion, it's way overdone, beans specifically. Uh, there's a lot of value in the curves. But, you know, going out, looking at November, uh, down here around 9 bucks, it's hard for me to believe that you're not going to get a chance to sell those beans up near 9.50, 9.60. So for me, it would be an opportunity to, uh, to buy some calls, um, you know, up around that 9.80 price point if you have the, the time. August calls can be had for less than a dime. So it's a pretty good opportunity now uh, to to kind of jump on the other side of it, I think we'll, we'll get a turnaround at some point. What is your take here on the possible Bloomberg outlet that China may want to try and have some flexibility in these phase one purchases given the coronavirus? I mean, I don't know. It just depends, I think, on, first of all, do they have any sources on it? Are they just looking at it and saying it? I mean, it's an easy guess to say that would be something they would try to do, but, you know, the Chinese are facing price pressure as well. This isn't just like a one-sided deal where it's like we don't need these commodities. I mean, they're going to need supplies, specifically meat supplies. So, you know, when it comes to U.S. feed numbers, I expect those to be steady. I'm not sure they'll be in the mar- big-time market to be buying a whole lot of product at this point when it comes to corn or wheat. But, you know, they're going to need beans anyway. And I think uh, as, as their hog industry starts to get back on its feet, um, they're going to need the product. So I think you got to kind of look through the smoke here. This is a, a big deal. Obviously, the world is terrified of what can happen with the fallout. But... In the longer run, I think this is a fantastic opportunity. That's the way I would see it. Again, we've been talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. You can read their newsletter this week in grain by visiting their website. That's danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember trading futures and options involves risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. We'll see the soybeans close up anywhere from three to four and a half higher. Kansas City wheat a half to one and a quarter higher. Chicago wheat a half to one and three quarters higher, while corn will settle one and a half to two and a half lower. You're listening to the World Radio Network. And that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to krvn.com and click on the podcast. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. 
When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to Davini Chrysler Jeep Dodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.